It's the Very Dirty Talk Christmas Special with special guests, Little Baby Jesus, St. Nicholas of Myra, and featuring Pink Santa Claus, The Krampus, Black Peter, The Cagatillo, and Gobble Goat. Music provided by The Creative Commons. Now here's your host, Chris and Rain! Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas, movie house! Merry Christmas, Emporium! Merry Christmas, you wonderful building and love! And welcome to our Christmas special. Aren't you not supposed to say Merry Christmas these days? Isn't it supposed to be Happy Holidays? You can't say Happy Holidays, but this is all about Christmas today, not about any other holidays, specifically Christmas. Okay, then it's safe to say Merry Christmas. It is safe to say Merry Christmas. I know... That people have been cutting down on saying that. Some people say there is a war on Christmas. If there's a war on Christmas, I think it's been going on for quite some time. It has been going on for quite some time. In fact, Christmas was illegal in America for a period of time. Did you know this? What? Yeah. It was illegal to celebrate Christmas or have any sort of Christmas cheer. In America? In America. So there really is a war on Christmas. Yes, it's been going on since the Puritans. From 1659 to 1681, it was illegal in Massachusetts to celebrate Christmas or have Christmas cheer. Was it those dirty liberals? No, it was the ultra-conservative Puritans. Well, the Puritans are well known for not wanting anyone to have any fun. Of course they don't want to have any fun. They want to ruin all the fun. They're the ones that gave us most of our sexual hang-ups. <laughs> True. They're the ones that made America the strict, closeted, conservative country that it is today. Thanks, Puritans. Thank you, Puritans. It's the gift that keeps on giving. The people that were so strict, so religious, that Europe didn't want them. <laughs> they left Europe because people were having too much fun in Europe. They did. The other thing that I don't understand about Christmas and people not saying Merry Christmas anymore is it's not really a Christian holiday. Say what? It's all about Christians. Christians, Christmas. I don't know, Jesus. Right, right, right. But no, no. not really. No, it's not, a, it's not a Christian holiday. That's the argument from what I hear is that it's a Christian holiday. You wish people Merry Christmas and you don't know if they celebrate Christmas. They could be Jewish. They could be celebrating Hanukkah. They could be celebrating Kwanzaa. They could be celebrating Tet. They could be celebrating Festivus. They could be celebrating Festivus as well for all the Seinfeld fans out there. However, everything about Christmas is pagan. What? Everything about Christmas has pagan roots. Pagan pagan? Yes, pagan, pagan. Not not pagan dragnet movie pagan, not the people against goodness and normalcy. People against goodness and normalcy. P-A-G-A-N. Pagan. 
What movie? Dragnet. Oh, I never saw it. Your reference lost of, with me. There's a lot of 80s movies that I reference that you've never seen. Never, no. Mm-mm. Nope. But yeah, all the pagans had different holidays that celebrated the winter solstice. Hmm. Do you think that's maybe because winter was so grim and miserable and the darkest time of the soul and cold that they needed something to cheer them up to get through to spring? Oh, definitely. Especially in Northern Europe, where the winters are the harshest and the coldest, and the people are well known to be very depressed. You know what helps when you're hanging out in the dark and the cold and depressed? What helps when you're hanging out in the dark and the cold and depressed? Alcohol and food. (laughs) Is that what Christmas is all about? I think so. Eating a bunch of food and getting loaded? Yes. It is. (laughs) I knew it. The one thing that Christmas is really not about is Jesus. Say what now? Jesus. That I think he's the centerpiece of, like, if you see in the manger, like, he's in the center. Jesus. Yeah, he's in the manger, but Christianity, early Christians co-opted all these pagan traditions so they could keep celebrating their winter solstice celebrations and do it under the guise of Christianity. Because as long as it's okay with the church, nobody cares. Just like every other Christian holiday, it's just a co-option of pagan rituals. Those crafty Christians. In fact, Jesus wasn't born on the 25th of December. Oh, you know what? I had actually heard that. We don't really know when Jesus was born. I no. thought they just kind of picked the 25th of December as a handy way to plunk down a celebration. Some early Christian scholars thought that the Immaculate Conception, where God came and told Mary, hey, you're pregnant, by the way, happened around the spring equinox, which is... Oh, fertility and conception. uh, Things coming back to life in the spring. Yeah. Supposedly, that's when the conception happened, and they dated it, the conception, at around March 25th. So if you count forward nine months, you arrive at December 25th. This is assuming that Jesus was born exactly nine months to the day of conception. Well, he's the son of God. I'm sure he would be exactly on timetable. Like clockwork. Of course, naturally. I always would think that that would be a difficult conversation for a virgin wife to have with her husband. Hey, by the way, you know how we're married and we totally have not banged. By the way, I'm now knocked up by God. Yeah, yeah. I swear, God. <laughs> not not someone who crept under the tent flap when you were asleep. It, God totally got me pregnant. Oh, yeah. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Well, it worked out. One of the things I've read is that the word virgin also implied a non-married woman. A young woman. Or, it, was, it was a mistranslation for a young woman. I don't think that Mary was even married to Joseph at the time. I think N- Joseph no? came along afterwards. I was under the, well, maybe you know more ancient Christian history than I. I was under the impression they were married. Or is that a whitewashing? I think it was a whitewashing. Uh, We'll look into it more, and I'm sure that we will do further podcasts about Jesus, because he is such an interesting topic and one that we were both quite interested in. We do keep referencing the Jesus. It's true. The G-Dog. Yes. There are a couple other reasons why Christmas falls around the 25th of December as well. Mm, Such as? Well, Saturnalia. Oh, yeah. I have heard of Saturnalia vaguely. Uh, Saturnalia was a big Roman tradition celebration around that time of year. Again, around the winter solstice, it lasted from the 17th to the 23rd of December. 
and it was a huge ruckus party for about two weeks. No one knows how to party quite like the Romans. Oh, the Romans got <laughs> fucking decadent <laughs> with it. There was gambling, there was drinking. There was, was there a vomitorium? I'm sure there was plenty of vomitorium. That sounds messy. They also had vomitories as well. Vomitories? Yeah, vomitories and vomitoriums. What's the difference between the two? One is the entrance and exit of a large building like the Colosseum, and one is a place where one goes to puke. <laughs> I learned something new today. I'm actually learning a lot of new things today. You are, because Christmas is all about the learning. I like learning. Saturnalia, gambling, drinking, and there was also role reversal going on. Where well, is that slaves... like switching or someone puts on a dress? That sort of role no, not reversing? that kind of role reversing. Oh, okay, what kind? Not then? like what we did last night. <laughs> that was nice. Go on. No, role reversing, whereas the slaves would get served by the masters. So the masters mm. would treat the slaves to feasts. So it was kind of like a, a release valve, like a pressure gauge, because it's hard work being a slave. So they're like, we'll give you one night off. Yeah. Essentially. Hmm. Yeah, the Saturnalia was just all about the debauchery. It was two full weeks of just pretty much anything goes. Most all the rules and regulations that Roman society held to were loosened around that time. So feasting, drunkenness, and orgies in the streets? The Romans were having orgies already. <laughs> I don't think that was necessarily taboo. Even more elaborate Even orgies? more orgies. <laughs> Christmas orgies. I guess there wouldn't have been Christmas orgies at the time. Saturnalia hashtag orgies. Christmas orgies. Ooh, that would be a good new hashtag. <laughs> the other thing that happened around the 25th of December was Sol Invictus. Okay, that one I haven't heard of. This was another Roman tradition. This was the celebration of their sun god. This is in later Roman culture. Their sun god, the Sol Invictus, also known as the unconquered sun, was celebrated about this time. So it sounds like just Romans like to have a lot of parties. Yeah. Also, there's some evidence that possibly the god Mithra, who some people equate to the Jesus legend as well, was born on the 25th. This is the Persian god Mithra, who was also a light god, sun god. There's a lot of sun gods who happen to have their birthday around the 25th. The main oh, because reason, of winter solstice. Yeah, the main reason. Yeah, the winter solstice. It's the darkest day of the year. Right. The sun essentially dies because there's constantly a battle between good and evil, light and dark. So around the solstice, the dark winds out. It's the shortest day of the year. Sun dies, but then it comes back. The days start getting longer, and it's the promise of the returning spring and summer. And that is why there's so many celebrations around this time of the year. Oh, but, but Christmas is for Christians. Christmas, yes, is for Christians. <laughs> and even Yule I know people call Christmas the Yule Tide. Oh, right, right. I have heard Yule. What's right. what is Yule? Like y the Yule log, right? Yes, people the Yule it. log was part of that. Yule was the Northern European tradition. It was just another solstice celebration where they would go out and they would find the biggest log they possibly could and throw it on a fire because it was the darkest time of the year. Oh, okay. That's also where Christmas trees come from because often the men would go out and cut down a nice fresh young evergreen drag it into the house so they could have some greenery i imagine that if i was in some dark muggy place and i was going through a grim freezing cold winter that maybe a nice green tree would kind of pep up the place a bit i oh, could see that yeah. yeah yeah they needed some color because i could imagine that it would be quite gray 
especially living up there where it's just all snow, it would probably be white. So you need that green. Those are just some of the pagan traditions that have led to modern day Christmas. And Christmas, beyond those pagan traditions, is also full of lots of odd, strange traditions from around the world. Different cultures celebrate it in different ways. There's so many different myths around it. We're only going to barely scratch the surface of it today. This podcast (laughs) is all about those odd, strange Christmas traditions. So we're coming to you today in our full bounty of Christmas spirit. I'm full of the spirit. With the best public domain Christmas music we could find. (laughs) Yay, public domain. Did your family have any odd Christmas traditions? We didn't celebrate Christmas. Does that count as an odd tradition? Why didn't you guys celebrate Christmas? Because my parents were filthy hippies who did not believe in Christmas. Filthy hippies can still celebrate Christmas? These were the filthy hippies that didn't celebrate Christmas. We had actually not a Christmas tree, but something called a Donavira Mela tree. And we made cloth persimmons and we hung them on the tree, three of them in a row for mind, body, and spirit. So I guess persimmons and a Donavira Mela tree could qualify as an odd tradition. Adana Vera Mela? Yeah, it's Hindu. So, oh, Donna Vera Mela tree, oh, Donna Vera Mela tree, how lovely are your persimmons? Yeah, we probably sang something just like that. Sounds familiar. <laughs> and why the persimmon? Uh, well, because my parents' spiritual leader said that persimmons were a sacred fruit. They're sacred because nobody wants to eat them. That, I guess that would make them sacred. When I was a kid, this you know, this time of year, we would be given persimmons, and I hated the taste, and they were supposed to be this spiritual sacred fruit, and I would look for a nearby bush to dispose of my unwanted persimmons in. Mm. I know you recently wrote a very funny story about persimmons. Well, funny. I mean, it wasn't funny at the time. It was pretty traumatic. No, but everything is funny in hindsight. Right. Well, uh, if anyone is curious about the persimmon story and is on FetLife, you can look it up. It's called I Feel Betrayed. Did we also talk about it in the Dirty Talk After Hours podcast? Maybe. I don't remember. Me neither. I'll look it up. Okay, that sounds like a plan. That was your family's odd Christmas tradition is that you would have a Hindu tree that you would hang Cloth persimmons off of. Cloth persimmons on. Yes. And everybody would give everyone else persimmons as presents. Yes. So essentially you were just passing persimmons around from household to household. Right. And nobody ever ate them. Maybe some people did. Because persimmons are god awful. They're pretty fucking bad. What about you? Did you have any odd Christmas traditions when you were a kid? Well, I guess... Our house was fairly standard when it came to Christmas. The oddest thing that did happen, I myself was in a religious cult when I was younger. It explains so much. Do go on. (laughs) Because I'm so cult-like? No, it just explains things. Because of my cult of personality? Uh, yes. The oddest thing that happened in the cult... Oh, no, I shouldn't say the oddest thing because there's so many odd things that Weren't happened in this cult. Weren't there guns at some point? There were guns, right? There were, yeah, there was guns and bomb shelters. It was one of those kind of cults. Oh. But this is only after they moved to Montana. 
when we were with things them, get they weird were down, in Montana. Yeah, they were down in L.A. when we were with them. They believed the color red was an evil color. It was the color of the devil. Well, supposedly the devil is bright red, so I would get it, yeah? Yes. They removed all our red crayons from our boxes of crayons, Wait, and people weren't allowed away, to wear red. They took away your red crayons? The red crayons. We couldn't Red's have red a primary crayons. color. Well, you need red. Well, not when you have like 96 crayons in a box. Mm. Since red was such an evil color, of course we could not have a red Santa Claus. That, no, that'd be way too evil. Oh, that would be evil, evil, evil Santa Claus. But Santa is all decked out in red. So what did you do? We had a pink Santa Claus, of course. Um... Because pink is not evil. Pink is just cute and cuddly. I, a pink Santa. Dude, a that's pink pretty Santa jacked Claus. up. There, I have pictures of myself sitting on the lap of a pink Santa Claus for Christmas. That explains so much. I don't know what you mean by that. <laughs> yes, you do. That's a mysterious comment. <laughs> so I would say that is might be the strangest thing that happened in our house around Christmas was pink Santa Claus, but that was only when I was a very young child. And then the cult moved to Montana and you didn't have to deal with pink Santas anymore? We didn't have to deal with pink Santas. It was all red Santas from then on out. I mean, there's plenty of strange things about my family. The pink Santa Claus actually looked like it had been a red suit that somebody had just put through the wash a couple too many times, maybe a little bit of bleach. So it just looked like kind of a faded red Santa suit. Was It was a little bleached and ratty looking? Uh, I don't know if cults get the most stand-up Santas. No, probably not. There was probably some cult member and they'd sewn the costume together. Get me some pink cloth. We're making a Santa suit. I remember I had a, a neighbor that was really friendly to me and she was trying to incorporate me into her life and she wanted to sell me scented candles and she was always trying to do a side hustle and her husband got booked to be the mall Santa, but he was really thin and missing a tooth. <laughs> and so they stuffed a pillow down the front and he, his beard kind of sort of hid the missing tooth, but not really. And then she asked if I would come to the mall to sit on her husband's lap to drum up business. <laughs> no. And I, no, I did it. Oh. And the worst part is he got really excited about me sitting on his lap in a way that was really uncomfortable and I was really ready to get off his lap and after that I avoided my Santa husband. Santa had a little present for you. Yeah, it was... Um, hmm, we, I, I tried to avoid her after that because her toothless, skinny Santa husband was kind of thrusting a half chub at me in a way that was uh, a little off-putting. Hopefully he didn't do it with anyone younger, but it was it was a lot of wiggle happening Sounds like in the meth head Santa to me. I think that he'd had a stroke or something, and he wasn't quite... She wore the pants in that family, but maybe it was meth that caused the stroke. You never know. <laughs> we'll be getting to Santa Claus more later, though, and the odd phenomenon that is Santa Claus. But for now, we want to remind you that if you have any questions, comments, if you want to say anything... Give us a call. You can even tell us about some of the strange family traditions you have had over the holidays. And what's that number, Miss DeGray? It is 614-R-DeGray. Or 
Hey, Rain de Grey. Hey, Chris W. Where would I go if I wanted to hear more of us talking? We are fascinating and engaging. I don't blame you. So you want even more of this awesomeness? Yes, more of this awesomeness, plus more regularly. So more than once a month is what you're saying? Yes, possibly even weekly. Where could I go where I could hear us talking about interesting things and also the strange, fun happenstances of our lives? Well... I suppose you could go to patreon.com backslash rain de gray and become a $5 and over subscriber and you would get to hear weekly episodes of Dirty Talk After, After Hours, which is something that we have created because my lovely, amazing, talented editor takes his job really seriously and these podcasts are a labor of love that take a really long time. So we're doing a slightly more organic, freeform, weekly posting. Yes. That's totally what you should do. <laughs> yes. Go to patreon.com backslash rain to gray and you can get even more of us Of talking. all of this awesomeness. Coming to you from a strange, exotic location every week. Oh, that's right. We're well-traveled. True. We are. We've done podcasts in Transylvania, Egypt... Germany. An exploding Zeppelin. An exploding Zeppelin. Yes, we're all over the place. <laughs> it's hard work being this fabulous, but someone has to do it. Yeah. So join us every week for Dirty Talk After, after hours. hours. Rain. Chris. What would Christmas be without Santa Claus? <laughs> Merry Christmas! What do you know about Santa Claus? Well, let's see. He lives in the North Pole, and he has a bunch of elves that work all year to make toys, and he has a sleigh and a bunch of reindeer, and Rudolph has a bright red nose, and he's at the front, and he delivers all the presents to good boys and girls all across the world in a single night, well, and kids leave out the cookies for him. Right, so he's eating cookies all night. He must be. <sighs> Eats cookies all night long, drops off presents. Nobody ever charges him with breaking an entry because I guess he leaves stuff. Although I had heard a case of a woman who broke into someone's house and cleaned their house and then left a bill because she was trying to get a job as a house cleaner. <laughs> sounds there like was... a strange, odd, roundabout way to get a house cleaning gig. There was some meth involved, but she broke into someone's house and cleaned it from top to bottom and then Again, left the bill. meth and Christmas. I'm telling you, you got to be careful with that meth. Hashtag Christmas orgy, hashtag Christmas meth. Those are going to be some trending hashtags. That is pretty much all I know about Santa. Would you like me to learn you a little bit about Santa Claus? I'd like to learn a little bit about Santa Claus. You know that Santa is based on Nicholas... Jolly old Saint Nick. Yes, Saint Nick. He was the bishop of Myra. Uh, you know Myra, don't you? No. What's Myra? small little region in Asian Minor? Oh, yeah, sure. Everyone knows that. Everyone knows about Myra. Okay, so yeah, I was just hanging out in Myra the other day for an after-hours podcast. Yeah, it's what's modern-day Turkey. I don't think we've been to Turkey yet. We will. Oh, yes, we will. Because you know that Istanbul was once... Constantinople. Constantinople. I, I do know. The Might Be Giants told me that. Yeah, it's a history lesson from They Might Be Giants. <laughs> Thank you, They Might Be Giants. 
He was the bishop in Myra, which was Asia Minor, modern-day Turkey. There's a lot of legends around this Saint Nicholas. He became the patron saint of many things. One of them was the patron saint of children. How did he become the patron saint of children? Well, there's a couple stories about that. Uh-oh, they sound like they might be a little creepy. Do you know what Saint Nicholas has to do with prostitution? Uh, no, I do not. One of the stories about Saint Nicholas was that there was this poor father who had three young daughters. And unfortunately, he had no money for their dowries. Because a pussy is just a mouth to feed. So what is this poor man to do if he doesn't have money to pay some other man to take his useless daughter off his hands? What would he do? Well, I forced them into a life of prostitution, obviously. So those are your options, getting married off to a dude and being an exclusive prostitute or being a wide-ranging prostitute for anyone who comes by. Yep. Those are some shitty options for women. It's either I pay some guy to take you away or you go and beat the streets and make some money. Wow. But along came jolly old Saint Nick and he went and threw some bags of gold through the windows at night so suddenly they would have the money that their father could go and give to some random guy and they would just be that guy's slave. indentured servant, I suppose. Sex slave, house cleaning slave, forced companion. Yes. Well, how nice of St. Nicholas to save these poor girls from a life of prostitution by being an exclusive prostitute for just some dude they probably didn't even like. I kind of wonder sometimes why this is a positive story about St. Nick. I mean, thankfully he was saving these girls, I suppose, the life on the streets of a prostitute. But why wouldn't he do anything about the culture where he lived in, where your only two options, if you had these daughters, was marry him off or Whores. put him in a Yeah, whoring or wifing. Wow, those are some limiting options. Those were the times of St. Nick. Dude, I did not know that about St. Nick. I, that's very generous of him to throw gold, I guess. Mm -hmm. And from that, we have Santa Claus. Well, that's one of the many ways he became... A saint? patron saint of children. What's another way? Well, have you heard the story of the three boys? Did they need to be saved from a life of prostitution? No, I don't think boys were sold into prostitution back then. Some boys no, were. I'm sure some boys were sold into prostitution. But St. Nick didn't save these boys. They <laughs> he saved them in a different way. These boys were out one day just wandering around. As boys would do. And they went to the butcher shop because they were getting hungry. They knock on the door and they ask the butcher for some food. What pests? So, of course, the butcher says, oh, yeah, sure. Come on in. Uh-oh. I'll give you some food. And no sooner were they through the door that the butcher accosts them, kills them, and chops them all up into little pieces. That's a bit of an overreaction for someone asking for food. Yes. It sounds like the butcher had some past issues he needs to work on. Or maybe he just felt like that's the way that you have to deal with the indigent in our society. Well, they're not going to be asking for food after that. After he chopped them up, he put them into salting barrels. That's a logical place for the corpse of three young boys you just killed? Well, how else are you going to preserve their meat? What did he do with the meat? I don't know. I don't think he went Jeffrey Dahmer on him. <laughs> But according to the legend, he put them in the salting barrels and then put the salting barrels in the cellar 
for seven years. Oh, sure, because when you kill someone, you just keep them around for almost a decade. Well, back then, I don't think he was worried about hiding the evidence. Oh, okay. Seven years later, along comes jolly old Saint Nick, patron saint of children and would-be child prostitutes. And he goes to the butcher and says, show me your salting vats. And what did the butcher do? Deny he had vats? Oh, no. He's like, oh, yeah, they're down in the basement. Go check them out. He's really nonchalant for someone who killed three kids. Yeah, if I had three kids in a barrel, I don't think I would show anybody. Oh, hey, go check out my barrel. Yeah, that's why I tell you to stay away from the barrel in the garage. Noted. Nonchalantly, the butcher just says, oh, sure, here's my salting barrel. St. Nicholas proceeds to stick his hand in the salting barrel and then he appeals to God and says, God, or I don't know what mumbo jumbo he used, but he said, hey, bring these boys back to life. And then suddenly the boys come out of the barrel whole and alive. And seven years behind the time. So they haven't aged their whole family. It's almost a decade. Well, older. they've been preserved in salt. So of course they haven't aged. No, this is a little creepy. Like you're seven years behind. It's like being held back in grade school for. True. You missed almost a whole decade. Mm-hmm. The world changed so much in those seven years. Maybe they skip the whole Black Plague. Ooh, that'd be handy. No, yeah. Just salt yourself. (laughs) This miracle was one of the other reasons why St. Nicholas became the patron saint of children. He's a busy dude. Yeah. He actually spent a little time in jail. Was it because of things he was doing with young boys? No. Or the young girls. Why did he go to jail? When Christianity was illegal in Rome, they were locking up so many Christians in the jails that a lot of times they didn't have room for any of the other criminals. What sort of criminals do they not have room for? Oh, rapists, murderers, thieves. Oh, yeah. Christians are way worse than all oh, that. Oh, lock up the Christians. Free the thieves. So jolly old St. Nick has done some time and seen some shit. Fact. Based on this legend of the wonderfully altruistic St. Nick, we then get Claus. That sounds like Santa Claus hanging out in the ashes of a fireplace? Well, I don't think Santa was hanging out in the ashes of the fireplace, but possibly his helpers were. Because Claus has black slave named Peter. Or black slaves named Peter. Or... Zwart Piet. Zwart Piet. That's awkward. Yeah, the Dutch believed that Santa was accompanied by black-faced individuals. Supposedly they're Moorish, coming from North Africa, because Santa Claus back then lived in Spain. Not the North Pole. Nope, he lived in Madrid. And he would arrive in Holland on a boat. A little different than a sleigh. With his black slaves. Helpers. Helpers. <laughs> sure, helpers. Yeah, they've uh, kind of massaged the myth over the years. One of the things I find interesting about this is that the Dutch were one of the main slave importers into the U.S. Oh, really? The Dutch? So it would make huh. sense that, of course, Santa Claus, being a wealthy white man who would go around and give presents to children, would be accompanied by his small army of black slaves. Naturally. <laughs> Do you know what one of Black Peter's jobs was? Wrapping presents? Nope. Helping load the boat. 
I'm sure that he made them load the boat. Uh... Sinterklaas had a book that was full of children's names. And of course, he's checking it twice. He's going to find out who's naughty or naughty nice. Or nice. So, of course, all the nice kids get the presents. And what do the naughty kids get? Coal? Nope. Poop. <laughs> no, not poop. They get stuffed in a sack by Black Peter and taken back to Spain, where they are beaten and possibly turned into cookies. <laughs> Wait, wait. So they are shoving kids in sacks and taking them back to Spain and beating them and perhaps turning them into Christmas cookies? It depends on which version of the legend you believe. That's way worse than a lump of coal. It is worse than a lump of coal. I would rather get the coal. Yeah, yeah. I'll take the coal too over the sacked beatings in Spain. Mm hmm. Black Peter wasn't the only one shoving kids in sacks and taking them off to be punished. Isn't that right? That is a fact. Krampus. The Krampus? They made a movie about it. I remember seeing pictures of the Krampus, and it is a jacked-up demon creature with giant horns and a huge lolling-out tongue who is shoving crying children into sacks. Why is he shoving crying children into sacks? Because they're naughty, obviously. I suppose he might have to take them back to Spain and beat them and turn them into cookies. Did Krampus live in Spain too? Maybe. The interesting thing for me about Krampus is that there is a phallic significance to it. Because the birch, which is the stick he would use to beat the children with, uh-huh. is associated with initiation rites and witch covens. And the chains that he was trailing was introduced to the myth as a Christian attempt to bind the devil. But they could also be a remainment of pagan initiation rites. And if you want to go online and look up pictures of Krampus, that's the stuff of nightmares. He's a Christmas demon? Half demon, half goat, yes. It's pretty demonic. I'm surprised at how much of our fairly recent so-called Christmas traditions involve beating children, putting them in sacks, abducting them, punishing them. Well, it wasn't until this past century that what you would call the cult of children sprouted up and children became more of this prized, precious possession. The cult of children arose as children started to have lower death rates and they would actually stick around. I think it was a self-defense mechanism that people would not get attached to their children because there was a low possibility they would actually make it. Once child mortality rates went down, people started fetishizing children more. Well, and they started having a lot less children because if all your children survive, there's no point in having 15 of them. That's just a drain of resources. Oh, God, yeah. And you couldn't get attached to all of them. Mm -mm. Most of them died in infancy or adolescence. Right. I could imagine. What you're saying is that it's kind of a carrot and a stick sort of thing. Correct. Now we just tell children the good things about Santa Claus, and if they're naughty, they just get coal, not some demon creature's going to show up, shove you into a sack, beat you with a birch stick, <laughs> and take you... Did he eat the children? For some versions of it, yeah. He eats them or drowns them or transports them to hell, which I imagine would be a pretty effective way if you're leaning over a kid saying, if you're not good, a demon is going to come and eat you. Yeah, be good all year, and... <sighs> Sinterklaas will come and give you presents, but if not, this Krampus devil's going to come. Krampus is going to abduct you and 
and eat you. And drag you to hell. (laughs) That's pretty jacked up. It is. But these days we have jolly old St. Nick and the children aren't scared of him. I think some of the children were kind of fearful of Santa Claus because you never know. He's going to be coming. Is he going to be in a good mood or am I going to get thrown in a sack by either some black slave or a giant hoofed demon (laughs) and made into cookies or dragged to hell? The way we got this modern day Santa Claus is the Dutch originally controlled what is now New York. Because if you remember in the song, a little callback to Constantinople, even old New York... Was once New Amsterdam. Yes. Why they changed it, I, I don't know. say. People just liked it better that way. Right. The Dutch controlled New Amsterdam, and it wasn't until the British took it over that the two cultures collided. The Dutch had their Santa Claus, and the British had Father Christmas, who was a bearded man that wore a red suit with white trim. And let me guess, the British won because they always win. Well, the British took over New Amsterdam, became Mm -hmm. New York, Mm -hmm. and the two cultures combined because the British's Father Christmas wasn't for children at all. No? No, he was a celebration of all that Christmas represented for adults, feasting, drinking, merriment, all those sort of things. It That's wasn't a common for, theme. It seems yeah. like a lot of these festivals are about people getting drunk and eating a bunch. What else are you going to do in the middle of the winter? True. You can't harvest. Basically, it's cold. You drink, you eat, and you fuck. Okay. I can see the logic in that. Right? Right. Father Christmas was all about the festivities. It wasn't for kids. He didn't give them presents. But once the British and the Dutch started mixing in the New World, the two combined... And we get what now is modern Santa Claus. And it was exported back to England in the Victorian era. And that's how they got their modern day Father Christmas, who is now very generous to the children and brings presents and is essentially what Santa Claus is in America. Wow, that's a lot of importing and exporting and shifting and merging and blending. It's almost like Christmas. Cultural appropriation. Oh. <gasps> You're not supposed to do cultural appropriation. That's a bad thing. But that's how all these traditions come about is cultures <laughs> mm. mix. They get ideas from different cultures. Things come together. So Claus becomes Santa Claus, St. Nicholas. It's all there. It's all put through the grist mill of history and comes out as a marketing ploy for corporations <laughs> in the end. Because <laughs> everything we know about Santa and his look comes from Coca-Cola. Wow, true that. Right? It's just all the Coke ads Mm -hmm. that give us what our modern day Santa Claus looks like. War on Christmas, my ass. Christmas is a Coke ad. Well, these days, Christmas is just all about marketing and the giant corporate money grab. What's more American than that? It's people buying each other things they don't need and then wrapping them up and swapping all the possessions and you look for a place to put all of your unnecessary Christmas gifts. And if you're really smart like me, you set them aside with a name tag and then you re-gift them next year, but make sure you don't re-gift it to the same person. How many bath bombs do you have? A lot. All the women tend to give each other the bath bombs. I just keep swapping around the bath bombs. If you wait a couple years, it'll come back around. Yeah, I've always thought the presents are things that I would never buy myself, but somebody else goes and gets for me that I'll never use, but I have to pretend like I'm flattered and enjoy. Hey, man, last year I got you a gold brick. You did. That's a fine, fine gold brick. 
it's being used as a tour stop. <laughs> and I know you had a terrible time trying to spray paint the gold brick because you used a wet brick. Well, no, I had to clean the brick and then I had to dry the brick. And it turns out brick does not dry well. So after I scrubbed the brick clean, I had to lay it on top of a heater grate and use a blow dryer on the other side to try and get all the moisture out so that it would hold the spray paint. I put a lot of work into your gold brick. You're welcome. I appreciate it. Or wait, are you just pretending to appreciate it? No, I really appreciate it. You know what I appreciate more? Solid gold brick. Well, hopefully if this podcast gets more successful, one day I'll buy you a solid gold brick. Ooh, you hear that all people? <laughs> Support us for me <laughs> and my love of gold. If you enjoy these podcasts and you want to get more of Rain to Gray, I can be found at raindegray.com. I am Rain to Gray on Facebook. I am Rain to Gray on FetLife. I am Rain DeGray on Twitter, and I am Rain DeGray on Instagram. If you have any questions or comments, I can be reached at rain at raindegray.com. Go ahead and look me up, shoot me a message. I have an advice column as well as a podcast, and those can be found on all of the fine platforms I just mentioned. We've covered Jesus. In a roundabout way. We've covered Santa Claus. Yes. Now it's time for my favorite part. Opening presents? Odd Christmas traditions from around the world. What sort of odd Christmas traditions from around the world do you have? Do you know of any odd Christmas traditions from different cultures? I know that the Germans are into hanging glass pickles. Yes, the glass pickle on the Christmas tree. I know you have the pickle on your Christmas tree, don't you? I did get the pickle. I do have a Christmas pickle. Because your husband is of German descent. Correct. So you have your pickle and you have your three persimmons to put on your tree, although you might not be putting them on this year, right? I have a decorated tree in my house and there are no persimmons on it. I was super traumatized with the persimmons. That persimmon kerfuffle really got to you, didn't it? It did. It did. Felt life. I feel betrayed. You'll hear the traumatic story of why there are no persimmons on my tree this year. Do you know what they do on Christmas Eve in Norway? Beat children with sticks? Possibly. I haven't heard about that, but it does have to do with a stick. Sodomy? <laughs> Why does your mind automatically go to sodomy? Oh, there's a stick involved. Oh, they must be putting it in butts. Well, you know I like things in butts. Yes, I know. That would be quite a strange Christmas tradition. Oh, Christmas Eve here. It's time to put the stick Christmas in my butt. Traditions. I don't know. Is it is it like a broom? You could have it in your butt and you could sweep the room? Yes, is it that actually the does have to do with a broom. <laughs> I knew it. The Norwegians hide the broom on Christmas Eve. The, uh, they hide the broom, put it in the safest part of the house. And mm. sometimes the males of the household will open up the front door, yell, and put off a couple shotgun blasts. Uh, wait, 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 okay. They hide the broom in the safest part of the house, and then they open the front door and yell and fire off a shotgun? Yep. Okay, that that's that's odder than a Christmas pickle. How is that a tradition? Why are they hiding brooms? There's What's with the shotgun? There's reasons behind it, because on Christmas Eve, everybody knows is when all the evil spirits and witches come out and cause mischief. Oh, and witches like brooms. Witches like brooms, so they have to hide the broom to make sure the witches... Don't steal the broom and go for a joyride on their broom. 
Oh, yeah, look, hashtag logic. Yeah, because I guess to them, Christmas Eve is a lot like Halloween. And broom stealing and joyriding, okay. Well, you wouldn't want some uppity witch grabbing your broom and taking it off. No, it's my best broom. Back off, bitch. Because <laughs> brooms, you couldn't go out and buy another broom. And I'm attached to that broom. It's, it's an emotional significance. Mm-hmm. So what's with the shotguns? Well, the scare away the evil spirits, of course, because um, everybody knows evil spirits are afraid of getting shot. Right, yeah. Bullets will definitely penetrate no flesh. Witches and evil spirits. Right, right, right. Of course. One of my other favorite traditions comes from Sweden. Okay. It's the... I don't even know how to pronounce this name. It's the town in Sweden. Gavl? Gavl? Gavl goat? Gavl goat. It's the Gavl goat. Uh, You can look it up. Look up the pronunciation. G-A umlaut. The umlaut over the A. V. L-E. Yeah, and I'm, I apologize to my Swedish friends out there. I actually they're never going to forgive you that live in Sweden, and I am completely butchering their language. What do they do to the goat? Traditionally, they in Scandinavia, they make Yule goats out of straw. A goat out of straw. What's this have to do with Christmas? Well, it's a Yule goat, so it's to celebrate Yule, which we touched upon earlier is the winter solstice celebration, celebrating their sun and light and all those kind of things. So, of course, you make a straw goat. Yes, logically. Back in 1966, this town in Sweden, Gavl, which I'm completely butchering, decided they wanted to. Is that how it's pronounced? They decided they wanted to make. A massive straw goat. Was this in 66? Back in 66. Was there some LSD involved? In Sweden? In winter? They were bored. They dropped some acid. They're like, let's we're make a massive make goat out of straw. The biggest goat you ever fucking seen. I'm saying it could happen. 66. LSD was big in 66. Oh, it's I- a huge straw goat they erect in the middle of downtown. Okay. In the town square, they erected this massive goat. It's thing has got to be probably at least... 30 feet high. That's a lot of straw. It's a lot of straw. It's a big goat. And then the town people decided they were going to burn it down. Okay, definitely LSD involved. No, maybe they're schnapps. Were they drinking? <laughs> I'm sure it's Sweden. It's the winter. So they're drunk off their ass. They build a giant straw goat and then they set it on fire. Yep, they set it on fire. So that's like an early version of Burning Man, with but with goats. barnyard animals. Yep. It's like Burning Man with goats in the winter. Instead of, it's it's complete opposite, actually. You're burning a goat in the middle of winter and there's snow instead of out in the middle of the Nevada desert. Okay. So they, they were OG Burning Man. Yes. All right. Take note. They burned the goat down, but the people that built the goat didn't want it burnt. Oh, but, so vandals burned yeah, the goat Yeah, it was vandals. Down. I guess it's Christmas vandals. They went and burned the goat. Of course, the next year they rebuild the goat <laughs> because who doesn't want the giant... Yule goat in the middle of town made out of straw. And I suppose if you don't want your goat burned, didn't you learn anything from the story of the Three Little Pigs? You don't build your goat out of straw or sticks. You got to build your goat out of brick. Brick is not going to burn. But the next year, they built another straw goat. Oh, what happened after they built the second straw goat? It got burned. I'm sensing a theme. Every year since 1966, they have erected this giant Yule goat in the downtown square and every year, vandals try and get to it. There are some years where the goat actually survived. 
I'll put a link up about this goat to the Wikipedia page, and they have a listing of all the different years. Some years it's burnt. Some years it's knocked over and torn to pieces. Some years it's run over by a car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they did get run over hit by a car one year. Yeah, yeah. And they've gone so far as to build big fences around the goat and post security guards. And they have a live webcam. They have a live webcam on the goat. I'll put a link to that as well. If you want to go and see how the goat is faring this year, you can go watch it streaming live online to see if somebody comes and burns the goat. The odds are high the goat's going to go up. It's it's burned or been destroyed more years than not. Well, if they've got guards and a fence around it and security cameras, I guess you would need to do a Mavletov cocktail. People will find a way. It's tradition, damn it. Oh, a uh, flaming bow and arrow. Oh, yeah, flaming bow and arrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's. I'm sure there's. people get creative. There's all sorts of ways to burn a goat on Christmas. So the tradition is a bunch of people trying to stop the goat from being burnt. Yeah, the it's, not, it's completely good, not good sanctioned. Evil. It's completely not sanctioned. The, the town doesn't want people to mess with their celebratory goat. Sounds like people will succeed in messing with the goat. <laughs> There's some reason every year they decide to burn it. Well, tradition. It gets the will of those that are in power. Burn the goat. Burn the goat. I would think by now they would just accept it and actually turn it into like a goat burning man. You're right. Right. You would think that'd be that'd be more festive. You could have the big ritual and it would go up. And But I think part of the, the fun of the festivities is that they don't want you to burn the goat. So, of course, if somebody doesn't want you to do something, you automatically want to do it. Right. Well, totally. So even those that would never go and burn a giant straw goat on any other day of the year would be tempted to go and do it because the local constabulary is telling you, no, don't go near that goat. So there's secret meetings where they plot the best technique for goat arson. Fire, 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 fire. Possibly, or there could be multiple little cabals. Maybe it's a competition. Who can get to the goat first? Oh, so there's like a betting pool. Possibly. I'm sure there could be all sorts of things. I don't know enough about this, but maybe I would love to go to Gavl, Glavi, Sweden someday, see the goat. And then take it out with a Molotov cocktail. Yep. (laughs) I knew it. Well, no, we didn't. Nobody's heard that. Mm -mm. We're not making Mm -mm. any plans. We were never there. Nope. Wasn't us. Uh, Two people that looked completely different than us. Fact. That isn't the strangest holiday tradition that I found. Uh, There's something stranger than burning giant straw goats? There is. The strangest holiday Christmas traditions have to get awarded to the Catalonians. I've never even heard of the Catalonians. Oh, Catalonia is a section of Spain. It's where Barcelona is, is Catalonia. Oh, so a lot of the stuff seems to lead back to Spain. Well, the Holy Roman Empire ruled from Spain. Spain, of course, is a massively Catholic country. Okay, true. Right. Besides Santa living in Madrid. Right, right. Okay. Nobody expects the Spanish. Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. The Catalonians have traditions that... Any scatophile would adore. What's a scatophile? Somebody that likes poop. (gasps) You know the term scatophile, don't you? I was giving you the chance to explain it. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for that slow lobbing pitch. 
Yeah, that you totally missed. Dude, here I am. I knocked that out of the park. Mm, Yeah, it was a little bit of a fumble. Uh. Now you're getting mixed metaphors. You pitched the ball and I fumbled it? Yes. It's baseball and football. Two different, completely different sports. I'm making it work. (laughs) No, you're not. (laughs) Yes, I am. Should I get back to the Christmas Tell me about the poop. (laughs) There's a couple of different traditions that the Catalonians have. Are they all about poop? In a roundabout way, yes. The first one, which is my favorite and which I have discussed with my sister about incorporating into our Christmas tradition, is what is called the cagatillo, otherwise known as the pooping log or shitting log. Okay, that's pretty fucking weird. Would you like to know more? In for a penny, in for a pound, I guess so. Lay the knowledge on me. At the start of December, they take a hollowed out log, and it's a quite festive, joyous looking log. It has two little legs on which it supports itself, and it has a smiley face and wears a little red cap, which is a traditional Catalonian cap. The log is hollowed out, and the kids every day feed it little bits of treats. Also, the adults put little trinkets and presents into the log. On Christmas Eve, after everybody has enjoyed their Christmas dinner, the children get a stick and sing to the log. Sweet Christmas carols? No, they sing a little song that essentially is log, poop, the candy, or I'm going to hit you with this stick. (laughs) Log, Poop, poop the candy, the candy log, or, or I'm going to hit stick. you with a stick. Okay, that is the weirdest Christmas tradition I've ever heard. So they, they, they hit the log with the stick, and it's like a Christmas piñata, I suppose. Eventually, the candy and things that they have been stuffing in the log over the last month come pouring out, and then everybody feasts on the candy, and the kids play with the toys. How thin are the walls of this hollowed out log? Because I feel like you could be beating on a log for a long time before it shat candy. I suppose. I don't know how long would you have to beat on a person before they shit themselves. Uh, depends on how big the stick is that you're beating them and how hard you're beating them. Uh, I wonder how threatening these children are. Maybe the logs just respond well to threats. Maybe the kids, some, some logs, the kids don't even have to hit them with the stick. They just, oh, sure, here, I'll poop it out right now. Maybe the kids are using an iron bar. That'd be cheating. All I know is that the kids hit the log, threaten to hit it again unless it poops the candy. And then eventually, out of sheer terror, the log releases its candy load. Let's go, it's poor loggy bowels. (sighs) I want to incorporate this tradition in my family. I want a pooping log this Christmas. And my sister is backing me up. We're going to her house for Christmas, and she is 100% on board with the pooping log. What does your wife have to say about the pooping log? She looks at me strangely and says, yes, of course you want a pooping log for Christmas. (laughs) That's what I would say, too. But I say it's tradition and her family history is Spanish. And since Catalonia is in Spain, she cannot argue that is a (laughs) traditional Spanish way to celebrate Christmas. That you have to celebrate your heritage. Of course. There's no arguing with that. No. So this year, fingers crossed, pooping log. If you manage to pull it off, we should put up a photo on Patreon. Oh, we will. Okay. We will. 
But that's not the only scatological thing that the Catalonians indulge in in Christmas. Wow, they're really into poop. You know what the nativity scene is, right? Sure, it's Joseph and Jesus and Mary and a bunch of wise men and some sheep hanging out in a manger around a baby Jesus. Yep, it is all those things celebrating the birth and you have the animals and the kings and the wise men and whatever you want to put in your nativity scene. But I bet they have one thing that you do not put in your nativity scene. Which would be? A man pooping. Uh, fact, I would never think to put a defecating man into a nativity scene. Why is there a pooping man in the nativity scene? It is called the Cagnanir, and he is pooping to symbolize the fertilization of the soil. Pooping so that his poop will go back into the soil. Why it needs to be a nativity scene, I don't know. I don't think there's anywhere in the Bible that tells the story of the nativity and the baby and there was baby a dude Jesus in the corner in his manger <laughs> and off in the corner was the wee young man pooping <laughs> i didn't see that in the bible yeah it's for celebration of the crops to fertilize the ground the cagnanier has gotten so popular that there are celebrity cagnaniers that you can get for your nativity scene i did not know that yep you can find all sorts of celebrities. I've seen ones of Shakespeare. Pooping. Pooping. Yeah, he's holding a book, of course, because he's Shakespeare. And his pants are down around his knees, and he's squatting and pooping. Okay, that's pretty fucking weird. Also, the one I saw today, if you want to buy a Cagnanier of Trump. Are you sure that has anything to do with the nativity scene, or is that just him in his natural state? I, possibly that's how he makes all his political decisions. <laughs> like Johnson. It was sitting on the toilet. President Johnson was well known for holding meetings while taking a dump. Oh, I didn't know that. It was a power move that he would do, and he would have really stinky shits, and he would call <laughs> in. Yeah, yeah, and he would call in his assistants and have them take notes while he was loudly emptying his bowels. He was also well known for stopping in the White House parking lot and peeing because he wanted any excuse to show off his dick. He thought his dick was really big. Well, what man doesn't want to show off their dick to the world? President of the United States, I guess, was really in. Check this out. You know, you have to check this out. This is impressive. Oh, I'm sure. Well, once you become leader of the free world, I mean, you got one big swinging dick. Fact. If you want to, you can go and buy this little statuette figure of Trump's pants down around his knees, cop in a squat, and there's a little pile of poop. It's tremendously big and tremendously wet. Well, no nativity scene would be complete without that. Of course not. I want one. But I don't think it would be allowed in the house. Again, I would have to argue Spanish would, Christmas tradition. Involving Trump defecating. Mm, I don't know that you're going to be able to pull that one off. It's a bit of a stretch. It's a bit of a stretch. No. I've learned so much about Christmas. There's so much about Christmas, which is just odd and strange. So and murder I'd children, prostitution, defecation, beating logs. That's what I love about Christmas. Black slaves. Children mm. being turned into cookies. Merry Christmas, everybody. Oh, I feel the warmth. Oh. Mm. And, and a Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night. God bless us, everyone. <laughs> God bless us, everyone. Thank you all for joining us in our merry little trip down Christmas Lane. I learned so much. 
unexpected things. Oh, there's so many wonderful things about this time of the year. From us here at the Dirty Talk podcast, we wish you all a very, very happy holidays. Happy holidays. That's definitely the way to go. And a happy new year because it's not all about Christmas anymore, right? There's so many other holidays that we can go and pick apart and find the humor of. Probably nothing's going to be as good as this one. Well, Christmas has been around for so long, but maybe next year we'll have another special about one of our other fine winter holidays. Again, I want to remind you, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, venting, whatever, call, leave a message. We would love to hear about your family's traditions or if you know of any other odd Christmas traditions or holiday traditions from around the globe, give us a call, leave us a message at 614-R-DeGray, also known as 614-733-4739. And this is a reminder that this podcast can be found on iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, and all the other fine places you can find podcasts. Wow, we really get around. Yes, we get around. (laughs) Find it, rate it. Also, I'm putting out our challenge. This is becoming my tradition. At the end of every podcast, I'm putting out the challenge. If you like this podcast, go and tell one person about it. At least one person. That's a good challenge. I like it. We cannot grow and thrive without your support. So if you like what we're doing now, if you love hearing about this strange Christmas stuff. And and many other interesting things. And all the other odd things. If you like, like Naked More Rats. Naked Morats. Go and tell one friend or family member about us. And you can always listen with someone you love. A family member that you're really close to, mind you, because you're laying the recommendation of naked mole rats and pooping and child prostitution and murder. Oh, child murder. Festive. All the things. (laughs) I don't know. There's no way we can really tie naked mole rats into Christmas. What if we put a little Santa hat on the naked mole rat? That'd be festive. Maybe in the photo for this podcast. (laughs) Well, to all of you, we wish you Merry Christmas and to all a good night. Till next time.